Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I am both one of the co-hosts of this weekly radio program and the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks for joining us for another new episode. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Gary Traversa, Cops Bureau Commander. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. Good and, morning, everyone. And we also have Officer Darren Derby safety officer community liaison field training officer bunch of other titles <laughs> morning and uh <laughs> and he's joined this morning by his probationary officer new officer officer Hanalt. we're going to get to them in a little bit but before we do that let's get another check of the weather we'll talk about some news items and then we'll get into the show WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, sunny. Highs in the mid-30s. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Tonight, clear, cold with lows around 15. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, sunny. Not as cool with highs around 50. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBR-FM are provided by the National Weather Service. I'm just going to say it because I've said it for every new episode for the last couple of months. I think we dodged today's weather, weather-related emergency, and it sounds like this weekend is the beginning of what should be our spring. Tomorrow. And Tomorrow. First makes, day of spring. That makes me very happy. <laughs> the, uh, the last six weeks, the last six Groundhog Weeks have just done me in. All right. So we don't have an official public health report this morning. Um, Public health is is very, very busy with a bunch of stuff going on, particularly advocating for more doses. And we'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk about some good news on the COVID-19 front. But before I talk about the good news, I just have to have to say um, spring is here. Vaccination efforts are going on, but numbers are starting to tick up both in Pittsfield and in Berkshire County and in the Commonwealth. Um, it, we're not done yet. We're not out of the woods yet. So, yes, you know, good things are happening, and we all want to celebrate that. But don't give up the fight yet. Continue to practice social distancing. Wear your mask when you're in, in groups or out in public. And adhere to the protocols as they, as they exist. The regulations and recommendations are changing every day. It's getting better. But we're, we're our own worst enemy in this regard. It's going to get worse if we don't stay vigilant. Um, so to the news articles... I alluded to this briefly this morning. Um, you know, I, I think if the most important thing going on with public health in the county right now is our local public health partners and our uh, delegate, our legislature, uh, legislators advocating with the Commonwealth to send us more dos doses. We have capacity. We've built an unbelievable model out here, a model that should serve as the model for the other regional collaboratives in the Commonwealth. But if we don't receive the doses, our public health partners can't get them into the arms. So uh, we held one first dose clinic at, um, at BCC last week. We're, we're capable and set up of doing four a week. Um, but, you know, they're, they're... And we were for a while. Yeah. But they're diverting the doses to the, the large um, 
emergency Ma- uh, mass clinics. So we get it. You know, those, those mass vaccination sites are important for the Commonwealth. But for those of us who live in remote areas far away from the mass vaccination sites, we have the capacity. So if, uh, you know, Governor Baker or your office happens to hear this, send our public health partners the doses. They have work to do. Um, on, on a positive note, the recommend actually I can't even say that the regulations have are changing to recommendations and good things are happening. So I had the opportunity to do some travel for training last week, followed the protocols that were in place when I left, tested out of quarantine when I got back uh, and then woke up to find out that because I'm fortunate enough to have received both doses, I actually under the new recommendations would not have had to do that. So good things happening on on the you know opening front good things happening on the travel front but you still have to be careful and you still have to be safe i I did get to travel while i was traveling i was very mindful of social distancing masking hygiene protocols so keep up the hard work and stay in the fight uh very briefly on the news segment and just say uh, you know there's an article in today's eagle regarding uh, this week's meeting of the Police Advisory and Review Board. Uh, The focus of the article is really on the case review process. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show and talk about some of the cases in particular. Uh, And I just want to give a a little love to our brothers and sisters in blue up in Williamstown right now. Um, They're in a a dark place. They got some stuff going on. Williamstown PD does unbelievable work. They've got some great people up there. Um, they'll weather the storm and they'll come out stronger uh, with, you know, controls and um, protocols in place to prevent um, the type of stuff that they're working through right now. Uh, you know, police departments are, are living learning organizations, right? Um, things happen. Systems are found to be older and effective and you got to fix them. So, you know, it's an opportunity. But, you know, officers, supervisors, Chief Zimba, keep the faith. This too shall pass. All right. Did I miss anything, Lieutenant? I don't know uh, if I don't have a list of reference, but a reference, but uh, we didn't. We don't do the clock much anymore. We hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we started this program, none of us had any emergency management responsibilities. Writing the clock and sending it to you uh, a day out, a couple <laughs> days out that was that was something that got quickly replaced by general staff. Uh, staffing recommendations and, and logistics staffing notices and daily reports and honestly i just never got back to it after we shifted from second street back over to allen so well you know i think to a certain extent we got it down here we got kind of the flow down yeah <clears throat> the only other thing i'll say before we move on <clears throat> excuse me see i remember to bring water this time uh i'm i'm overdressed for a friday morning show i actually have a patrol uniform on today because I'm going to knock on wood, try something new when we conclude this program at 10 o'clock. Oh, you're going to take... Oh, awesome. Great. Great no. news. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Surprise. But but I am going to put my vest on and, and roll into patrol without going back to the station. So I don't have to go back and walk into some brush fire or emergency or somebody else's problem. I know. I remember you were trying... Was it couple, maybe probably I, two years ago? Been, well, I've tried it several times in the last 12 years, but every time I try it, something else gets thrown in my calendar to interrupt it. So I talked to Maggie about it earlier this week and said, I'm going to take this time. If I go back to the station at 10 o'clock, there will be a problem waiting for me and I'm, I won't get back out. So I put all my stuff in the cruiser, just gear up in the parking lot and just and roll into it. We'll see how that goes. 
uh, and if it's successful at some point during the uh, the rest of this training cycle, maybe then I'll I'll do a uh, guest appearance in the field training. <laughs> I, I I haven't. I haven't done a guest appearance at field training since I was a shift commander. I don't know how that would go. It, well, the, the I mean, as a probationer, the probation, <laughs> the probationary officer that ha- had that experience is no longer with us. Um, but I, the field training officer on my shift when I was a day shift commander, uh, that we were in cycle for Thanksgiving, and the FTO had a conflict, so. I went in and took the training car for the day so the FTO could have the day off. With, and we didn't tell the probationer. <laughs> he showed oh, up for work on Thanksgiving morning and had to ride with me for eight. So, Kind of reminds me of uh, years ago when retired Captain Barry became the patrol captain for a short stint. He started riding with... with Really? All the units, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so we, we got to get into the program, but you just reminded me of a story that I recently had to share with somebody. So I think we've talked about it on the program. Retired Pittsfield Police Chief Tony Riello recently finished a stint as the interim uh, police chief in Dalton. And uh, my friend, classmate, and uh, my, my college classmate and my academy classmate's wife, uh, Chief Deanna Strout, was successful, and she took that job. But while she was going through the process, she was she and I were talking, you know, about next steps and some things that she might want to mention during her interview. And she asked me a question about Tony, and it, I had to laugh because I was on evening shift. This had to be 16 years ago, more maybe more, 18 years ago, and uh, I was doing a downtown walking beat. And so I'm, you know, walking my post, doing whatever on a summer night, and I'm down by like uh, St. Joe, and all of a sudden. Over the air, I hear unit one to post four. Uh, go ahead for post four. Unit one to post four. What's your twenty? Uh, I'm in North Street in the five hundred block, uh, St. Joe. Meet me in the parking lot. And so I pull into the. I, I walk down the alley into the parking lot behind the church, and there's the chief in his unmarked car, and rolls down the window and says, like, "Get in." Okay, sir. And that he kidnapped me. For like the next two hours, I was on a ride along with the chief, and he's just like throwing questions at me nonstop. It was bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't do that to you. (laughs) All right, so it's time to get to the start of the show. Gentlemen, thanks for coming in this morning. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having us, Chief. No problem. So, Officer Hinault, how how far into field training are you now? This is phase two, right? Yep. Phase two, I'm on week number five right now. Okay, awesome. How's that going? It's going really good. Both of my FTOs so far have uh, been showing me the correct way to become a police officer. And Who's your primary? Who'd you ride with first? Ed Peasy. Okay, Peasy. awesome. All right, so let's uh, rewind the clock a little bit. We'll go back. Tell us about you. Where are you from? What do you do when you're not working? Where'd you go to school? So I was born and raised in Pittsfield. Went to Taconic High School. Go Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> then I went to BCC, got my associates in criminal justice, took the civil service test, and was lucky enough to get on the Pittsfield Police Department. It's awesome. I just, a shout out to BCC. I, I, just, I have to thank you <laughs> right now. My wife is like, yeah, they stuck BCC into the show again. Nice. <laughs> I get extra credit at home when we managed to do that, so thank you. All right. Well, so, you're at Taconic. I graduated in 16. Wow. So I'm a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just stay with young guy. All right. So so you went 
to BCC, you graduated with associates in criminal justice. You took the civil service exam one time. You got through on your first yep, time? first time. All right. As we've said on the program in the past, fairly rare. Uh, and then you got picked up. So you were in the class that just got out of the academy a month ago. Um, and I think we've talked to, as we've you know built this segment out, we've talked to a couple of your academy classmates already. You are definitely our pandemic class, right? So your class prior to you was in the academy when the pandemic hit and they had to shift, but your entire academy experience was in the pandemic, uh, including the fact that your class was significantly smaller than most classes. So tell us a little bit about your academy experience and some of the challenges that the pandemic put on the class and, and on the academy. So pretty much our class was really small. So your goal in the academy is to hide and not be noticed. So it was pretty impossible. You stuck out no matter what, <coughs> having a class of 18 people. <coughs> but the academy so, was good. It gave us the foundation to become police officers. It, it's fairly rare for somebody to say the academy was good. Um, you know, <laughs> I went through the academy, served at the academy as a staff instructor. The Academy is a phenomenal experience. It's a phenomenal program. It's not a happy place. No. <laughs> it is after you get out. So that's, yeah, yeah, When yeah. you get to go back, it can be a happy place. In most cases, unless, as I've said before, <laughs> unless you're going back as a staff instructor, then it's just miserable again. Um, but mis it's miserable with a mission. All right. So what were some of the unique things about being in the – I mean, you, you don't have a, a strict comparison, but I know you've spoken to other officers who have gone through other academies. What were some of the unique things that had to happen in the academy for you because of the pandemic in addition to the small class size? Um, DT was modified for us because we couldn't really go hands-on. So so it's defensive tactics. Defensive tactics, so, yep. you know, Doing defensive tactics, that is empty hands, uh, empty hands and the tools on your belt. If you can't go hands-on, that's a challenge. So what did they do to modify that? Normally, you would have, um, like, th uh, two officers to handle subjects, and it was just a one-on-one -on -one subject it. with officer. So that was one of the things. We weren't able to get sprayed, but I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> we'll make that up. <clears throat> we have the capacity. <laughs> it's This is a complete aside, but uh, for what... Darren, did you go to the SPMA? Yes. Were you in the class that I had to drive out there because of the philosophical difference with the training staff over the spray day? No, I think that was number one. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the State Police um, Municipal Academy, the, the MPT, Municipal Police Training Committee run academy that's held at the State Police and, and by the State Police for municipal officers, uh, runs periodically. And the first time we sent some officers to the SPMA, got into a disagreement with uh, my, uh, my friend, right, my friend and my brother, fellow DT instructor, instructor trainer, who was running the DT program out there about the spray and how the spray was going to be conducted. And uh, it ended up, you know, it, the phone call didn't go well, ended up in a shouting match. I ended up driving out to the State Police Academy, out onto the, uh, the DT deck and speaking to the commandant and basically said, you know, you know, my officers are going to complete the training and they're going to do the observation as required by the regulation. And uh, you have them report to the station on Saturday and we'll spray them. <laughs> and so on a Saturday morning, <clears throat> that whole group had to come back uh, outside door four. And Officer Gaynor and I had to uh, had to take care of that. So we have a plan in place to make sure you get through 
is all right. <laughs> It'll not looking forward to We expect it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we won't <laughs> just jump out from behind a corner and spray. That would be bad. <laughs> no, I'm saying otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you get through the academy. Any um, any memorable things that you can share? Any you know just just some of the silly things that other classmates have done. <laughs> like what? Don't name them. Just tell us some of the silly things your classmates have done. Pretty much day one. <laughs> Remember, be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can't give away any secrets, can I? Okay, we'll skip day one. There, there are no secrets about day one. It's no, I mean, be careful about you know, yeah, who you're talking about when it, when it's in regards to your okay. classmates. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't name any classmates, <laughs> but so so what kind of silly stuff happened on day one? Just the staff finding out that one of the kids worked at Six Flags and then the whole day we were listening to the Six Flags theme song. <laughs> That's good. There there are memories like that, right? I, I won't um this is too close to home. I won't I won't identify this person at all. My first class as a staff instructor, there was people in the class that I knew. They had some previous part time law enforcement experience. Some of them were friends of mine. One of them showed up um in what we consider to be an unserviceable uniform the the cruiser jacket was covered in dog hair and uh mm -hmm. during during the heated discussion about the condition of this jacket it was also discovered that the um, pockets of the cruiser jacket were filled with milk bones <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a bad day <laughs> oh man i remember listen and in, in and i think every academy you know and it's it's um we call it, it it's diverse right so right. it's it's in our academy they had somebody that got married over the weekend and he, we were in our groups we were doing uh, first aid uh, evoc and firearms and they brought him a golf cart uh to go from first aid to the chow hall with the, just married yeah the, the cans coming behind and all his classmates had to be best men and, and they had a um mannequin dressed up in a in a wedding dress and they had to dance they had their own table at the chow hall and they, we had to do a toast and it, it just you know as, so, as crazy as the academy is it's the little things like so that, you, that just. you know we have to we have to parse this out because this sounds absolutely ridiculous right if you've never been through an academy environment you're listening or watching what the heck are they talking about this is a huge waste of time you have to find it's a it's a modified stress environment but the degree of stress is deliberately cranked up to see how people are going to perform when they're at their worst you have to find these moments of levity or you wouldn't get through right people would break down in the you know 21 24 26 weeks whatever depending on the the curriculum shifts if you don't find moments to to lighten it up and have some fun like that it just becomes it, it's undoable um and and staff instructors are funny right they they they're creative they will find ways to do things like that and you know you're like how the heck did they even think of that but that's but you know they got experience we want to get back to the field training but yeah, yeah. I, i'll share this um when i went through the academy way back when um the we were still under the the fairly rigid dietary restrictions it was part of your health and wellness program and you were expected to maintain a, a fairly um at least while you were at the academy a fairly rigid um diet and 
because of the modified stress, if they inspected your lunch and they didn't think it met the decorum, they would just throw the lunch out. And then your classmates had to feed you. So you're not only that, but you're, you're like underfed and under and with no sleep. And so at, at that time, we were old in, in the old academy at Agawam. In-service was in the same building. And although they were supposed to segregate the student officers or the recruit officers from the veteran officers, the veteran officers can't be disciplined, so they wouldn't comply. And we had a group of officers from a department out in the valley come back from lunch early while the staff was gone, and they brought their student officer a Happy Meal and ordered him to eat it in front of us. Right? He didn't want to do it. He's going to get in trouble. And we're trying to balance the difference between uh, getting in trouble with our staff and his his career, you know, having to work with these guys. So finally, we were just like, man, eat it. Just eat the damn thing and get the evidence out of here. But the the toy in that Happy Meal was a pink My Little Pony, oh, no. and they ordered that. They said, "This is your partner. You have you can't go anywhere without your partner. Carry this on your person for the rest of your time in the academy." So we hid it in between the inner pocket between the the regular liner and or the regular pocket and the liner pocket in his cruiser jacket, and we got away with it for about four weeks. And then they the staff found it in a, a locker inspection, and. Oh, First, they destroyed the locker room. Then they called us down and they destroyed us. Then we had to tell them how this came about. Then they went over to that department and they pretty much destroyed those veteran officers. <laughs> it was crazy. So, all right, field training. Five weeks in, did some did some field sobriety tests yep. in the rain yesterday. Yesterday in the rain, got an arrest. Nice. This is my ninth arrest, I believe, so far. Wow. I've been busy, it, really busy. Well, it's the right time of year to be busy, and uh, but that's impressive, right? I mean, we don't we don't try to maximize arrests, but given the the COVID restrictions that we're under and the protocols that we have, yeah, because he, he was weeks. on the evening shift, which right. you know tends to tends to have sometimes more arrests than the day right. shift, right? Because it's a different different atmosphere. It's you know well, alcohol is usually involved. Yeah, and you you can't a lot of the things that we might do and say just you know go take care of that you can't do right everything else is closed so you can't walk away from it. Um, what's the most significant call you've been on? What's the hottest call you've been on so far? Hottest call was the Oak Hill Apartments. Right. So that was the one that I just got that email from DMH on, right? It's an outstanding piece of work. Yep. So person in crisis mental health call hot topic you know nationally very proud of the programs that we have in place to deal with that but to throw another another layer on this i mentioned this in this week's parb meeting as well um not just in crisis right hearing impaired so well done and it's to get somebody some help getting transported to the hospital without incident outstanding how'd that call come in i actually think we're talking about two different okay calls. i'm sorry go ahead there's a call that somebody had been pistol whipped at Oak Hill Apartments. Got it. All right. I am talking about a completely different call. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yep. So tell me about your call. <laughs> so it came in as a code two call. Somebody got pistol whipped, and there's five people in the area with guns. So the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You're like, oh, oh God, this is something serious. This is it. This, right? is, uh, this is what they told me about in the academy, but now exactly. I have to go. Yes. So what was your initial reaction to that? <laughs> uh First, we had to locate the <laughs> the apartment that it happened at. So not, not your initial <laughs> response, your initial reaction. How'd that make you feel? Oh, your your heart rate starts going. You know, you you get on edge. Were you driving? 
I was. Okay, so I was you driving. so to add that to. Did it, your field training mix. officer let you keep driving? <laughs> yes. Because I told the story a couple <laughs> weeks ago that <laughs> my break-in officer made me pull the car over and switch. <laughs> Officer Derby. Uh. He's done good so far. He's done good so far. I'm, I'm driving today. Um, I saw know, that. I need I need one day where I'm in control. So you just open this door because I gotta ask. <laughs> uh, what was on the radio and what were you dancing to as I was walking across the parking lot? I don't know. What was it? I don't know, but you were full on getting your groove on in the driver's seat of your cruiser. I don't remember. He was telling a story. He was very passionate about. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's switch gears a little bit. So you field training's going well. Was it every? Is it everything that you expected it to be? Yeah, it is. Um, and and I'm enjoying it so far. It's awesome. Good. You're learning a lot. I am. All right. So so let's step away from police work for a little bit. Uh, you haven't had much time off since you started the academy. You know, you've gotten a a little bit of time off on your days off mm-hmm. in the last five weeks but you're probably still paying catch up for some of the stuff that you didn't get to do while you were in the academy. So when you are not working, what do you like to do? What are your interests? So I'm an avid mountain biker. I love to go up to the state forest and mountain bike with my buddies. Um, I race dirt bikes. I had to step away from that due to the job, but I'd like to get back into that. I forgot to ask, did you play sports in high school? I did. I played ho- ice hockey. Ice hockey. That's that is not one that's easy to carry on after you get out of school. Is there another type of hockey? There's field hockey. Oh, field hockey. It, yeah. So is it lacrosse? What is field hockey? No, field hockey is field like hockey. It's clubs. different than lacrosse. Okay. And there's floor hockey. There's he was just being specific. Yeah. yeah I just, <laughs> so this is hilarious because we've talked about this uh, on previous episodes. In 2020, I really embraced um, like listening to podcasts instead of just listening to, to random music. And one of the podcasts I follow, Sergeant Strout, referred me to. It's called Zero Blog 30. It's a military podcast, um, you know, veteran community. They tell fascinating stories. But the, the hosts and co-hosts on that show are hilarious. And the woman is you know i'd say you know very similar to me she's not all that interested in sports but it's it's a it's a barstool sports podcast so she works in a company that's sports oriented and she doesn't care about sports and they pick on her all the time and so she did that she she she's like you know go listen to our friends on our blah 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 the name of the program it's our ice hockey podcast and they ripped into her for specific you know barstool sports they're not talking about field hockey right but yes there are other types of hockey there's field hockey there's floor hockey and there's underwater hockey played with scuba. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be in the Olympics. No. Um, so I, I only point that out because ice hockey, hockey for us in, in New England, uh, is one of those j- sports that it's difficult to stay plugged into once you're out of the school community. you got to be really committed. But there's a very active public safety adult hockey presence in Western Mass. Uh, they do some pretty cool charity work down in the Springfield area. They'll get out and play uh, like guns and hoses. Yep. Guns and hoses. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They so, didn't. They didn't do it this year, obviously, no. because of COVID. But we got a we got a lot of um, fellow police officers who were. And we've got some fellow police officers who didn't play hockey in high school and college who picked it up as adults because of that program. So didn't know that. If you want to play, we'll put you in touch with some people. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I had a question and I forgot what it was. I have a question while you're thinking. Go ahead. So we talked in one of the previous episodes about 
field training and the different perspectives you get from your different field training officers. So now this is your second rotation, mm -hmm. right? Who'd you have for your first rotation? Officer Peasy. Okay. So is do you notice, and I'm not, you know, obviously don't want you to be uh, critical. I, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, be critical. But Tell us what you mm, really think. Mm, so what safe, do you think of your FTL? It's a safe mm. space in here. Are, are you noticing a, a huge difference? A huge difference yes. in, you know, how, you know, different officers do the same job? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, and I mean, I think that's important, right? Because we don't we don't select or allow people to serve as field training officers if we don't have a high degree of faith in them and their ability to do the job and their ability to do the job well and with integrity and and within the the culture and expectations of our department. Um, but even within that those high expectations, there's there's a lot of room for differentiation. There's a lot of deviation. And um, Officer Peasy is an outstanding police officer. Officer Derby is an outstanding police officer, but Officer Derby does things just a little bit different <laughs> than most police officers, right? Uh, so it's posting Instagram videos and TikTok. Yeah, we in, we in embarrass those who you know need a little in, enlightenment in their day. Little enlightenment. Find and out who operated that cruiser before you yet? <clears throat> no, no. I'm just upset that our main cruiser's down because somebody damaged it. So. What was with the firewood? I, I don't know. Somebody put it underneath the seat. Starting a fire somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There were snacks underneath there. I saw the snacks. The snacks didn't surprise me. The empty cup didn't surprise me. I mean, you can almost see how that would happen, right? <laughs> the firewood surprised me. Um, maybe not the biggest surprise. You know, it's not like you guys went to inspect your car and you found a crossbow. Yeah. Oh, did that happen? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's ancient history. Let's move on. From you know, that so I think now. sometimes, you know, just bringing, you know, again, the, the, the humor part into uh, the setting, especially this setting, especially being new, um, it's, it's extremely stressful, you know, and they're trying to do their best to, to exceed every day and, you know, make sure that their numbers are where they're supposed to be. Um, so it, it's, it's to be able to bring a little bit of humor. Um, definitely, I think it makes it a little easier. So. Absolutely. All right. It is 930. You're listening now on Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Let's get another check of the weather, some station identification, a couple PSAs, and we'll come back and see where this conversation takes us. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area today, sunny. Highs in the mid-30s. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Tonight, clear, cold with lows around 15. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, sunny. Not as cool with highs around 50. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Chief Michael Wynn of the Pittsfield Police Department. And Lieutenant Gary Traversa. The Pittsfield Police Department is encouraging anyone interested in becoming a Pittsfield Police Officer to register for the 2021 Municipal Police Officer Exam. As a civil service department, this is the first step required to join our team. We are seeking motivated, eligible individuals who desire a rewarding and adventure-filled career serving the residents of Pittsfield. <laughs> Slash. 
positions in Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just joining us, this is On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Uh, my name is Mike Wynn. I am the Chief of Police here in the city of Pittsfield. It is Friday, March 19th, 2021. Uh, I'm in studio this morning with Lieutenant Gary Traversa, Officer Derby, and Officer Hanault. We've been talking about academy training and field training and what police officers do when they're not working and the... Uh, the need for some humor and levity in the job. Um, so we just listened to our PSA about uh, the upcoming civil service exam. Officer Hanault, you're the, you're the one with the most recent knowledge and experience yes. of the civil service exam. Talk a little bit about that process and, and you know, what you had to go through just to get on the list to be considered. Well, obviously it takes a pretty good score on the civil service exam. The exam is fairly easy. I think they're just looking for consistency in your answers um i did take a pre-exam at the expo that you guys hosted at Sconic high school so that i that helped me out a lot we we get the question all the time do you have i mean you had a degree in criminal justice but do you need yep. to have a degree in criminal justice to take and do well on that exam no you do not there's there's no police related questions per se on the police exam right they like they'll write the questions and say you are a police officer, but then it's like a math question or a reading comprehension question. The, the fact that you are a police officer is incidental to the topic or the question. So I think that's something that most people don't understand. Like, I don't have any, I don't have any knowledge of law enforcement. I don't know anything about that. I won't be able to do well on the exam. It's a general knowledge exam. Um, it's, it's really looking to see if you can read, write, do simple math. Um, make logical connections all right so we're gonna we're gonna shift gears for the much of the rest of the program but before we do that you're five weeks in you're you know working with highly qualified officers you're learning a lot it's like drinking out of a fire hose a ton of information yes. coming at you uh two two final questions what are you looking forward to the most at the conclusion of field training like you know what what it's just going to give you a chance to take a big sigh of relief and second what do you want to do what are your aspirations within the pittsfield police department where do you see yourself 
Well, first of all, once I graduate the program, it's just going to be a big sigh of relief being on my own. That I did it moment after two to almost three years of work to get to this point, so it's been a lot. And in the department, I would like to get into like anti-crime or the drug unit and obviously work my way up. I'm young, so take some promotional exams. And Why those two units in particular? What do you hope to accomplish there? Um, you know, just drug unit because get drugs off the street, stuff like that. Nothing too particular, just something that I'd be interested in. Okay. And then you have promotional aspirations? Yeah. So, you know, you have a successful 30-plus year career. Where do you see yourself leaving this department? Where do I? Yeah. Ah. Sergeant, lieutenant, sit in the chief's office. Too soon to tell. Too soon to tell. <laughs> he did mention, Chief, that uh, prior to getting out of the car, that he does have aspirations to join the motor unit. He is yes, a uh, motor guy himself, a dirt bike rider. So, that, so that could. So this is advantage. this is funny, and we'll, we'll kind of transition here. We've talked about this on the program in the past, but it came up yesterday with one of your classmates, and it, it's a it, it's a story that keeps resurfacing, and I, I don't think that for our readers or yeah, readers, listeners and viewers, um, that people understand, one, the diversity of experience that comes to the Pittsfield Police Department, and two, how important this is, right? So I don't know if you remember. It was probably a very stressful day. You may not, uh, you may not recall it. But during your pre-academy interview, your pre-employment interview with me, um, one of the questions, one of the last questions we ask you is, before we get to the scenarios, is what are the things that you did in your pre-PPD life that gives you experience or knowledge that you may not think we, we would value that we need to know. Uh, and if I recall, that that's one of the things you shared with me that you got. Yes. Um, so, you know, in the leadership world, we call these transferable skills, right? They're things that you, you have, that you're good at, that you develop competencies in that can assist us if we transition you to take advantage of those skills. <clears throat> And some transferable skills, like having a lot of time on a motor, those, those are common sense. Those are things you're just like, yeah, okay, we have a motor unit. That would be great. If we recruited somebody and they had a lot of time on boat, we would want to put them in charge of the, the, the um, boat patrol. But some things are secondary transferable skills. And the story I share with new recruits and that we use in the department all the time is we had an officer, uh, he's since moved to another agency, who prior to coming to work for us was, and I believe to this day is, a licensed plumber. And we were trying to plan for an operation and solve a, not a complicated, but a, a relatively unusual tactical situation. Lieutenant Traverse, you may have been in the briefing room when we were doing it. And so we're, we're trying to come up with the tactical plan, right, the book plan. And we had been at it for a long time. And suddenly, after a couple hours, this officer in the back of the planning room was like, well, if we go in and we do A, B, and C, that'll stop the issue that you're talking about, and this problem will go away. And we kind of looked at each other and said, how do you know that? He's like, well, I'm a plumber. <clears throat> okay, that would have been good to know two, two hours ago, right? And so we, we recruit people with a diversity of experiences and a diversity of education, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. We never know when that type of transferable skill is going to help us enhance our capability or enhance our uh, capacity. We have um, <clears throat> we have an officer who works. It's you know it's it's well publicized because he's you know in the paper for it. But he's a 
talented race car driver, right? That's a skill set that translates into vehicle operations. That's a, something that we should capitalize on. Now, one of the risks with that is if we take your hobby and turn it into your job, we got to make sure you get another hobby, right? Um, <laughs> we have we have one officer work for a supervisor. He's a he's a fitness aficionado, and as long as I've been the chief, I've been after him to take over our parts of our fitness plan. And to his credit, he won't do it, right? That's that's his thing. He keeps that separate, and I have to respect that. Um, but we're always looking at our our incoming personnel's resumes to see what it is that they're an expert in that can make us better. So um, you, know, you got to finish field training and, and and get some experience. But we don't have enough people to staff the motor unit as is. So that that should be a pretty easy fix. <laughs> when I told him I took the motors in the woods, he, I think that spiked his <laughs> his interest a little bit. You did what? And you go where? Like yeah. It would be, it would be nice and helpful if we could uh, get our hands on some funds to replace the off-road bikes, but um, you know the the Harleys, they're not gonna be climbing any hills or rocks, but they're. I hope Sergeant Murphy's not listening to this. No, no, no. Those are the old bikes. I mean, from the stories I heard this morning, I think they do. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not a motorcyclist. I, 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 people pick on me because, as a kid, I've been on motorcycles as a passenger. But I may be one of the only adult males in Western Mass that's never actually operated a motorcycle. It just, I never, it never happened. And I'm too old to go back and try that now. I've got enough dangerous hobbies. Um, but those, I love our Harleys. They're impressive pieces of equipment, right? For somebody who doesn't ride, when I look at what you guys do in training and some of the stuff that you, you add to our capabilities, man, that's because there's just things you can't do with a cruiser. Yep. Right? Yep. So, like going in the woods. Plus, the public <laughs> loves it, right? Kids love it. So. Well, it gives you that easy access. You know, somebody's yeah. got a, a barbecue going on and you just. When you show up in their backyard and they kind of do a double take and then everybody just laughs. So. Well, not just that. I mean, I think so. I've, I've been on the road when I've seen and you actually were, were probably one of the responding officers. We've got something going on, say, in the common. And it's possible for us to get our cruisers in the common, but not quickly, not without risk and damage to the cruiser. Um, you guys zip in and out of the common like you're on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. right? So it, it's, it very much reminds me of my time on the mountain bike, um, but much faster <laughs> and better comms. So, all right. Lieutenant Traversa, we've got about 18 minutes left. Um, I guess, you know, gentlemen, if I know you're monitoring your radio, if you got to go, by all means, go. If you want to stick around, you're, you're welcome to stick around. I know you got to go take care of that. Equipment yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll go take care of that. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks having for us. Thanks for joining Keith. us. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you guys out there shortly, hopefully. I'll take care of that, Derek. All right. All right. So Officer Derby and Officer Hanault are going to go take care of some uniform and equipment things, and the lieutenant and I will continue the conversation for at least a few minutes, and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Oh, somebody's messaging me. Um, all right. So, Gary, we were talking about it uh, before we started the program, and I said I was going to come back to it. And uh, so one of the, they locked us in? Yeah, they locked us in. Nice. And this one's armed, so we can't go out here. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening to this show and somebody can come help you. We're locked in! <laughs>
right, you, it, it's off camera. You can't see this. Oh, so man. for our listeners and viewers at home, uh, we just excused these guys and told them they could go take care of this message that they just got. The studio door, the, the studio door exiting the studio back into PCTV locks from the PCTV side, uh, and they locked it. <laughs> so Officer Derby and Officer Hinault are right now attempting a breach uh, to try to get back out into the building. There you go. Nice job. See that? Successful entry. That's, like that's, a, that's awesome. Cupcake. See you guys later. <laughs> All right. Lieutenant, you still with me? I am. I was trying to get that on camera. A little, <laughs> a little, uh, well, you know. I can't close it all the way because it's still locked. Colorful <laughs> entertainment on, on you patrol. <laughs> you don't have anything on this monitor for the cart, right? On this one? Not that I use, right. no. no. Sorry. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I didn't know that could do that. <laughs> so <laughs> we said you have to interject a little fun and levity into it, right? Yeah. So this week's... Um, Earlier this week, Police Advisory and Review Board met. Uh, it's been covered in the local media, both uh, print media with the Berkshire Eagle and radio media. And the story today is, is about the case review process. And so although we've spoken about this when we had um, Chair Ellen Maxson on the program and we've talked about it in, in some other media appearances, uh, you know, this – so the PRB is supposed to meet monthly um, – they lost a couple months early on in the pandemic, but they were among the first boards and commissions to insist on getting back to some type of meeting. They've been meeting virtually since June, and uh, they did a, they've done a lot of good work, um, particularly in tracking the uh, Commonwealth's police reform legislation as it was coming in and out of committee and, and updating themselves, as, you know, keeping me apprised of things. Some cases, uh, they assigned people to work with me to look at our use of force policy and the language around um, chokeholds or neck restraints. And so we've incorporated a lot of that. They've been assisting with reviewing and editing some of our policies. But one of their, uh, their missions is to review closed, finished internal affairs or administrative investigations. And they try to do that monthly. Uh, unfortunately, because of some stuff that happened after the holidays, we went into the March meeting and we hadn't done case reviews, I think, since December. Uh, so, you know, we did we had five to look at. Um, we only did four of them, but they they're not all. So they did four cases in one meeting. What's going on in the PP? They, they were four four months worth of cases. Right. Uh, some from the conclusion of 2020 and then a couple that have occurred since the beginning of 2021. <clears throat> um, so. The. I was speaking with Amanda Burke from the Eagle yesterday, and she didn't have the the redacted cases yet because records was going through uh, and finishing, making sure that I had missed any redactions. And she had some she had some questions, and well, you know, it would be helpful if you had the cases, and then you could ask me questions about that. Um, but she she wanted to talk about them, so uh, an interesting collection of cases. Uh, and the first one that she wanted to talk about involved. A student officer right? and I'm not going to get into a ton of detail on the air this morning but short version is student officer when a classmate <clears throat> of officer and uh, is in the academy uh, and we become aware basically you know over a weekend of something that occurred at 
the residents right now. It was said in the um, it said in the Eagle this morning that our student officer, an ex-girlfriend, and another male, and that, I have to correct that. That's a mistake. I said another party. It, I didn't say the gender. It was not another male. Um, but but an altercation occurs, and you know the investigators in this one, they they did a, a really good job of parsing out the 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 distinction between a student officer and a police officer because the altercation by law you know be classified as a domestic and that technically there was also um a bne a breaking and entering because the ex-girlfriend pushed her way into the residence and so if that had been a serving police officer a sworn police officer they would have been obligated to report that in real time like as it's happening they would have had to have called the desk sergeant but is student officer so that portion of the law doesn't technically apply and our concern was not only did the student officer not report it to us they didn't report it to the academy which is an academy violation so we had to look at this from a couple different perspectives ultimately the the incident itself probably would not have led to dismissal or termination it would have led to some discipline for not reporting uh and for some of the the some of their involvement in the altercation it was what was discovered during the investigation and some of the items turned over to us in the investigation uh for some stuff that happened before the night in question and it was it was largely contents of of messages and what the investigators found the stuff in the messages was actually more significant than what we originally started looking at and ultimately it came back that on you know there, there had been some knowledge of criminal conduct that wasn't reported so that's a violation but ultimately it was conduct unbecoming right? they were behaving in a way that did not reflect well on on themselves and on the agency and on the profession and they're in the academy so they haven't even started their probation yet and the investigators' recommendations, and my concurrence, and in my conversation with the the mayor as the appointing authority, this this isn't somebody we wanted to continue to employ, um, so we don't, right? right. And that's unfortunate because, you know, full background investigation, academy tuition, all their uniforms, all their equipment. We we were well invested in this prospective employee, but sometimes you just got to make make the difficult decision and part ways. Um, because it was better to do it now than employ them, swear them in, have them enter the union and gain union protection, and then find out that this type of behavior continued um, and have to then you know, go through the difficult process of terminating somebody once all of that other stuff attaches. So um, it's never pleasant to, to dismiss an employee, but it's necessary, and, and we did. I think... Uh you know, one point in this is that even though their student officers or, or cadets, whatever you, you want to call them, even though they're hired <coughs> in the academy, they are, it's still a continuation of the background investigation. Right. So, you know, that comes into play. It's, it's you know, in a way, it's a longer look at them. So that was one of the interesting parts about this case is because there was information contained in the background investigation that raised some questions, but the information was provided by non-cooperating, I can't say witnesses, they were references. And they wouldn't answer the questions and they wouldn't allow their name 
to be attached to it. So it's like, okay, that, you know, we might want to take a look at that, but it wasn't anything we could use to justify bypass or not, or not picking them up. Once we started the administrative investigation and we found the current acts, the current alleged acts were similar, the internal affairs investigator, not the background investigator, went back to those references. And once we kind of like, we're under the tent flap and we said, you know, this is what we're looking into. Do you have anything to say? Then they got on board. And so part of the dismissal was um, continuation of the background investigation has revealed information that had we had it at the time of your offer, we wouldn't have given you the offer. And so we withdrew the conditional offer of employment as well for failure to f complete the background investigation process. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. A um, couple other cases, you know, a couple of them, um, you know, one is a uh, exchange of words, uh, offensive, um, involving the anti-crime, allegedly involving the anti-crime unit investigator. Very nice job uh, on the night in question. The anti-crime unit consisted of a Pittsfield police officer and a Berkshire County Sheriff's Department officer. It was fairly easy for the investigator based on uh, talking to the complainant and the, the other um, civilian witness present and, and both officers that the exchange actually involved the sheriff's employee not our employee um you know brief brief interaction none of none of the uh, verbal interaction included in the allegation and so we had to refer that one to the sheriff's department um you know we sent them our entire case it would really you know should have they should have just had to endorse it and you know kind of confirm with their person but we're waiting to find out what action they took uh the other interesting one and this is uh, caused some internal conversation is uh, an off-duty officer who um, based on you know essentially what presented as a road raid road rage incident uh, formed the opinion that the other party in the road rage incident might be either impaired or experiencing a medical emergency and decided to check it out and unfortunately decided to check it out before calling for backup um, and you know you, you Again, you, you never know. So they approached this individual to make sure they were okay or they weren't under the influence. The individual responded aggressively, and it ended up in a physical altercation. Uh, and so, you know, you don't want to get into a physical altercation if you can avoid it off-duty at all costs. Um, but you certainly don't want to get into a physical altercation if you don't have your backup or, or all your necessary tools. And unfortunately, the officer sustained some injuries. And uh, so we had to, you know, we had to take a look at that. And when we talk about our internal affairs process, identifying acts of misconduct and disciplining officers is part of it. But it's not the most important part, in my opinion. The most important part is looking at uh, looking for policy defects or training deficiencies. And one of the things that we realized during the course of this investigation is we hadn't spent um, we hadn't really spent any time on we spent a lot of time on off duty conduct. We hadn't spent any time on off duty interventions you know when when as a police officer and you're off duty and you see a, a what could be a crime are you required to do something and what might that requirement be and we actually have a curriculum on that uh it had been a while since we uh, rolled that into in service as part of our specialized training because we've been focusing on the mandatory training uh, but went to training and said dust that off i'm going to put that back in the rotation because um, the reality is when you're when you're a police officer and you're off duty and you don't have your cruiser and you don't have all your equipment, and you don't have your radio, 
you're probably a better witness than you are a participant, right? We're, we're trained observers. It, it, that's probably the best thing to do. If nobody's, if it's not an active violent act and nobody's being hurt, um, sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Yeah, you re- you really are, and and you know it's, you know, something like this is, is, you know, you have this kind of thought of you know somebody interjecting off duty, maybe they're you know an aggressive cop or you know maybe they're getting involved in something they shouldn't. I I have no doubt that that this officer had the best of intentions absolutely and, and th- i mean we're not going to name names but this is the one of the nicest people yeah <laughs> so, but, so but to just because that's an important point right our rules and regulations require our personnel when they're off duty to do something right if you observe or witness what you believe to be a crime or, or an act of disorder you must do something or you can be disciplined. They don't have the option to just say, I'm not on the clock, I'm not doing it, right? That's as big an egregious act of negligence as as doing something and and it goes wrong, right? But we were, when I took over the department and we were writing the rules and regulations, and we had an off-duty complaint about something. It didn't have anything to do with an arrest. It actually was a medical call. Um, And so we went back and we said, Okay, you know, officers off duty, they're out in the community, they're going about their day, they're with their family. You know, what's reasonable? What what can we expect? And we determined, I determined ultimately, that at the bare minimum, calling 911, getting some help coming, and continuing to observe to make sure it doesn't escalate, that will meet the requirement. Anything beyond that is discretionary based on your observations at the time. But again, I, th- I think... I know that young officers think that the the authority is conveyed in 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 the badge and the title, and that that's going to be enough. But we're not trained to work with just the badge and the title. We're trained to work with a certain set of skills and tools. And when you don't have your skills and tools, it's not enough, right? So I, I think that sometimes we, you know, you know I I. I have a take home car. So I'm in a situation where I have to decide if I'm going to do something on duty, off duty, playing clothes very frequently. And many times I'm like, I don't have my stuff. I'm just going to get on the radio and get some help coming. Um, you know, once I know the help is coming, I know they're a couple minutes out. Maybe then I can decide to, to step up. But and, and you've you've been in enough situations to be able to anticipate all the ways that something can go wrong. <clears throat> So, but the other thing is, I have learned over a you know a long period of time, and we have the capability built it in. You know, we have, I have the capability on my smartphone to access our radio frequency. I have comms. If I'm in playing clothes, even if I don't have my, um, I also I also carry restraints, right? I I on my person in playing clothes, I carry extra stuff in case. All right, we're just about out of time. Less than a minute. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you again next week for another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD. Uh, Just a quick reminder, check out the uh, Office of Cultural Development newsletter. There's great things going on. The virtual coloring contest instead of the egg hunt this year. It is still March, so it is still downtown Pittsfield restaurant month. Dine in, take out, support our local restaurants. Pardon me. 
there's great stuff going on this weekend. Um, but remember, we're not out of this storm yet, so continue to, to socially distance and use your hygiene protocols. Stay masked. Until next week, you know, be healthy, be well, be kind, and uh, we'll see you soon. We're 10-8.